You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the early morning hours of April 15, 1912, as word began to spread that something had happened to the Titanic during its maiden voyage, the White Star Line released a reassuring statement. While we are not in direct communication with the Titanic, the company's New York-based vice president, P.A.S. Franklin, told the press, we are perfectly satisfied that the ship is unsinkable. By that point, the ship was already at the bottom of the sea. The sinking of the Titanic began at 11.40 p.m. on April 14th and came to an end at 2.20 a.m. on April 15th. To this day, more than 110 years later, those two hours and 40 minutes remain some of the most acutely tragic in all of modern history. As water slowly filled the vessel and the Titanic's desperate calls for help went unanswered, its passengers and crew were swept into the frenzy of a disaster that had been unthinkable mere hours before. Some rushed for the lifeboats, some sacrificed themselves to save others, and many, resigned to their fate, simply waited to be swallowed by the North Atlantic. In all, the sinking of the Titanic would claim an estimated 1,517 lives, and the 706 who survived would emerge from the catastrophe with haunting stories of the doomed ship's final moments. You're listening to History Uncovered, brought to you by the digital publisher All is Interesting, where we explore the uncharted corners of the natural world and the world past. I'm All is Interesting staff writer Kalina Fraga. Today, we're continuing with our six-part series on the sinking of the RMS Titanic. This is the Titanic Part 3, Sinking into the North Atlantic. first, almost no one thought that the Titanic would sink. Passengers, bleary-eyed and confused after being awoken at 11.40pm by a sound they had no idea was the ship sideswiping an iceberg, couldn't possibly understand the gravity of the disaster. Neither, however, did much of the crew. There was no commotion, no panic, and no one seemed to be particularly frightened. I had not the least suspicion of the scarcity of lifeboats, or I never should have left my husband. Eloise Smith, first-class passenger from West Virginia, United States. But between 12.30 a.m. and 1.25 a.m., the mood on the ship began to shift. Panic and dread began to spread as more and more people thronged onto the ship's deck, watching one lifeboat after another drop from the side of the vessel and into the dark waters below. Meanwhile, passengers noted with increasing anxiety the steam billowing from the ship's funnel, the emergency flares exploding in the night, and, perhaps worst of all, the disconcerting cracking sounds slowly spreading across the width of the vessel. Clearly, something had gone terribly wrong. 
Colonel Archibald Gracie of Mobile, Alabama, later recalled the eerie, tense calm that had descended upon many of the passengers, noting, quote, A mass of humanity several lines deep converged on the boat deck. There were women in the crowd as well as men, and these seemed to be steerage passengers who had just come up from the decks below. Even among these people, there was no hysterical cry, no evidence of panic. Oh, the agony of it, unquote. Gracie, testifying at the Senate trial, later maintained the lifeboats were launched with unrelenting efficiency. In fact, he was so focused on helping the crew launch the boats that he didn't realize the ship was sinking until water started splashing over the deck. But while some offered their help, others outright panicked, while others still, mostly men, who realized they wouldn't be able to board the lifeboats at all, stoically accepted their fate. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Once third-class passenger Eugene Daly, an Irishman traveling with two women to America, realized that the ship was sinking, he tried to board a lifeboat with his female companions, but was hauled out by an officer. Then, he and several other male passengers tried to board a different lifeboat, only to be threatened by an officer with a gun. Daly recalled that the officer actually fired the gun into the frantic crowd before turning it on himself, although it was unclear to this day if anyone was actually shot. Meanwhile, many other third-class passengers struggled to make their way through the labyrinth-like lower decks. In some cases, they came across locked gates blocking their access, barriers set up to stem the spread of disease per American regulations, barriers that would doom many of them to death by drowning. And for steerage passengers who weren't trapped in the belly of the ship as water flooded in, some tried to rush to the lifeboats, but one of the Titanic officers allegedly fired his pistol to get them to back off. The door was locked. All of the doors were locked. Finally, a ship's steward came and gathered a small group of us together and guided us. Come, there is another way to get to the upper deck. On the upper deck, it was rather quiet, almost eerie. The deck on the ship's bow was already underwater, and the loud sound of the steam escaping from the funnels had settled down. The lifeboats were guarded by the ship's officers standing in semicircles around each one. Ellen Hekarainen, third-class passenger from Helsinki, Finland. Of all the passengers on the Titanic, those in third class were the least likely to survive the sinking. While nearly two-thirds of the ship's first-class passengers made it to safety, only a quarter of those in third class survived. But even the survival of first-class passengers wasn't guaranteed, especially for men. New York business magnate John Jacob Astor, the wealthiest passenger on the Titanic, never made it onto a lifeboat and was last seen on deck, standing around, smoking a cigarette. Thomas Andrews, the ship's designer, who spent most of the sinking trying to help others, also perished. As stewardess Mary Sloan remembered, Andrews was, quote, here, 
there and everywhere, looking after everybody, telling the women to put on life belts, telling the stewardesses to hurry the women up to the boats, all about everywhere, thinking of everyone but himself, unquote. Andrews was last seen in the first-class smoking room, staring off into the distance, his life vest simply sitting on a table nearby. Another of the first-class men who never made it off the ship was Isidore Strauss, a former U.S. congressman and the co-owner of Macy's department store. He and his wife, Ida, both natives of Germany, usually took German ships back to America after visiting home. But this time, either because of the Titanic's tantalizing opulence or because a coal strike had diverted them from their original plans, they opted to take the Titanic. As the wealthy couple stood on the deck during the evacuation, Ida's turn came to board a lifeboat. But when she was told that her husband wouldn't be allowed to join her, she gave her fur coat to her maid and refused to leave his side, telling him, quote, Where you go, I go, unquote. Isidore and Ida Strauss were last seen standing together, hand in hand, as water splashed across the deck. By that point, as the ship began to tilt, its stern swinging ever upward to the sky, many men were able to get into the lifeboats. White Star Line Managing Director Bruce Ismay, who was roundly blamed for the disaster in the days to come, later testified that he helped women and children before getting to a boat himself. Second-class passenger Lawrence Beasley, who stood in shock as the disaster unfolded, watching as people scrambled into the lifeboats and listening to the band play their final song, reported to have been either Nearer My God to Thee or Autumn by various passengers, finally boarded a lifeboat himself once the deck was clear of all women and children. But others simply took their fate into their own hands. One of the very last people to make it off the Titanic was Charles Jockin, the ship's head baker. As the ship slowly sank, he oversaw the distribution of bread to the lifeboats. Jockin also went up to the deck and helped load passengers into the lifeboats, in some cases dragging petrified women and children across the deck and tossing them straight in. Throughout the evacuation, he occasionally returned to his cabin for a nip of liquid courage, what Jockin simply described in his testimony as spirits. He also started throwing deck chairs into the water in the hopes that they'd float and help save more lives. Meanwhile, Captain Edward Smith released his officers from duty at around 2 a.m., allegedly saying, quote, Well, boys, you've done your duty and done it well. I ask no more of you. I release you. You know the rules of the sea. It's every man for himself now, and God bless you, unquote. At that point, his second officer, Charles Lightoller, shook hands with his fellow sailors and traded goodbyes before jumping into the frigid water. Eugene Daly, the Irishman, also dove overboard as water on the deck rose up to his knees. As the ship went down, Jockin grabbed onto a rail. He later testified, quote, I tightened my belt and I transferred some things out of this pocket into my stern pocket. I was just wondering what to do next when she went, unquote. Like many others, Jockin was swept out to sea. By 2.05 a.m., the ship's propellers lifted up out of the water. Fifteen minutes later, the ship sank into the ocean. Daly later recalled, quote, As I looked over my shoulder, and I was still hanging on to an oar, I could see the enormous funnels of the Titanic being submerged in the water. 
These poor people that covered the water were sucked down in those funnels, each of which was 25 feet in diameter, like flies, unquote. Nearby, a young tennis player named R. Norris Williams described a similar scene. Williams had spent the sinking wandering around the ship with his father, trying to get into the bar and visiting the ship's gym, where he pedaled a stationary bike to try and stay warm. At one point, Williams broke open a door with his shoulder to save some trapped passengers, eliciting a huffy threat from a Titanic steward that he would have to pay for damages. Somewhere in the pandemonium, he'd become separated from his father, who died during the disaster. And as the ship sank, Williams watched the Titanic's funnels come crashing down before his very eyes. He recalled, quote, It was an extraordinary sight. As the bow went under, the stern lifted higher and higher into the air, then pivoted and swung slowly over my head. Had it come down then, I would have been crushed. Looking straight up, I saw the three propellers and the rudder distinctly outlined against the clear sky. She slid into the ocean. No suction, no noise, unquote. Nearby, Daly clung to a lifeboat. Lightoller was also able to get onto a collapsible boat. Jockin, on the other hand, bobbed in the frigid sea, treading water, and continued to do so for about two hours. Some have credited the alcohol he consumed during the sinking with saving his life. But many others weren't so lucky. Mere hours after hitting the iceberg, the Titanic had sunk beneath the waves and taken two-thirds of the people on board with it, including the Captain Smith, the ship's designer Andrews, the wealthiest passenger Astor, and some 1,500 others. It had taken the unsinkable ship two hours and 40 minutes to disappear into the North Atlantic. But alongside the horror, moments of incredible courage also emerged, as we'll discuss next time in The Titanic Part 4, Stories of Heroism and Despair in the Ship's Final Moments. Thanks for listening to History Uncovered. I'm History Uncovered's producer, Kit Westneat. If you like the show, help others find us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And be sure to follow the All That's Interesting and History Revealed pages on Facebook and Real History Uncovered on Instagram. Make sure you don't miss out on the new episodes and subscribe to the History Uncovered podcast. And keep up with our latest stories at allthatsinteresting.com. If you have a question about the show or just want to say hi, feel free to call us at 929-526-3029 or email us at podcast at allthatsinteresting.com. This podcast is part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to their other fine shows like Legends of the Old West and Redacted History. Until next time, keep exploring. What's something you learned in history class that you feel like wasn't the whole truth? Better yet, what's something you didn't learn at all that was omitted completely? That's what I like to call Redacted History. My name is Andre White, the host of the Redacted History Podcast, the place where history's forgotten events, heroes, and villains get their story told, one episode at a time. The Redacted History Podcast. Real history never dies. Stream the Redacted History Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts.